When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Fourth major cup final in three seasons for the team in transition, Manchester United. Welcome to Series 3, Episode 28 of the Manchester United Weekly Podcast as we discuss a fantastic FA Cup semi-final clash against Tottenham Hotspur that saw Ander Herrera and Alexis Sanchez secure another Wembley date for this United side. We also have an extensive youth roundup with big, though contrasting news at under-23s and under-18s level. One team has won the title, one has been relegated. More on that later. A game in which Jose Mourinho showed some trust in his stars and a game in which those stars showed their true quality dictating the game assisting scoring dominating Jack Alexis Sanchez and, and Paul Pobble were fantastic on Saturday weren't they yeah they both were and Alexis in particular was such an improvement on what he's been doing recently for United without a doubt his best game in a United shirt so far and Pogba playing in that sort of inside left channel that he played so well so well in at Juventus it was brilliant to watch them both link up very well it was it was a really, really good second half performance, especially. I think we controlled the game very, very well. And Mourinho kind of said it after the game that even when we didn't have the ball, we seemed to be controlling the game pretty well. In the second half, Spurs didn't have a, have a decent chance in the entire second half, really, uh, which is testament to how well we defended as a team. A brilliant victory. It's so, so good to, to be back in a cup final. I think, you know, that every, everyone talks about how the FA Cup maybe isn't as important as it used to be. But at the end of the day, a trophy is a trophy. And it still brings a feel-good factor to the club that nothing else really can bring. So hopefully we can go on now into the final, but very, very happy with the performance yesterday. And especially the response after the first goal, because it would have been easy for us to kind of lie down and, and take a beating almost from Spurs. But we came back well, fought, back, fought ourselves back into the game and then eventually got the win, which was, uh, which was brilliant. And nice to see... And a Herrera putting in a good performance too to, uh, to get us the win. Yeah, I mean, this, this United side has now come from behind to beat Champions of last season, Chelsea. Champions of this season, Manchester City and Tottenham. And at the same time has thrashed, well, not thrashed, but dominated both two of the most 
loved teams in the league by journalists, Spurs and Liverpool. And not only was it a great result on Saturday, it was also a very good game and a very good performance. And to come from behind against three of the best teams in the country, probably three of the top five, and then beat another one, and then we've got Arsenal next. It's a side that's been criticised for lacking character and spirit, and yet they keep coming from behind. And in, in the last seven weeks or so, we've come from behind four times for huge, huge results. And when Mourinho really, really needs a result, Mourinho gets a result. And that the, the big difference on Saturday was you also got a brilliant performance to go with it. Yeah, we might not have had as much possession as Spurs throughout the game, but I would say we thoroughly deserved a win when you look at the chances that we had compared to what Spurs had. I mean, we didn't we didn't have that many clear-cut chances, but it was headers from Lingard and Lukaku. Rashford obviously had a great chance uh, when Spurs were pushing for, for the equaliser late on in the game, which he should have done better with. And really, Spurs, you know, Dyer hit the post, and that was pretty much the only, the only real uh, danger that United had from Spurs. It was very controlled in the second half. And you're right, Mourinho has been criticised a lot in the last, or well, since he came to United, really, about you know his recent big game record, especially away from home. And and when he first came to United, it really wasn't good last season. But let's let's be fair to him now and give him credit where credit's due, because in the last, especially sort of six months or so, our big game record has been fantastic, as you said, beating Chelsea from behind, beating City from behind away, beating Liverpool, beating Spurs. You know, it just keeps getting better and better, and. I think what's been nice is that it wasn't as if those performances, they weren't us playing scintillating football. Let's, let's not think about it like that. But it wasn't us parking the bus and getting a smash and grab win. You know, In all of those games, we thoroughly deserved to win, even, even if we weren't playing amazing football all of the time. It was very similar performances to against Spurs where we controlled the game. We looked dangerous going forward, which is just exactly what we wanted in big games. Mourinho has built his reputation on... Like as you said, knowing how to get a win in vital games, no matter what the performance is. But he's managed to combine that this season, especially in the second half of the season, with getting those wins, but also actually putting in pretty good performances. And I would say deserving all of those wins. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned United could have lost confidence after that first goal. And to be honest, for seven or eight minutes after Spurs went in front, Spurs carried on dominating, were, were controlling the game and could have scored one more, to be honest. Um, but just before United equalised, it started to look like a Jose Mourinho team, a, a, a United side who used their power and strength. Because United are, I think, the third tallest team in the league and have got big individuals or hard-working individuals as well. Alexis Sanchez, not huge, but he will harry players and harry players and keep going. Paul Pogba, huge physicality combined with brilliant technical ability. Lukaku, Matic, it's all the... The, the potential to be that Mourinho team and to have that physical game to, to this squad is there. And we don't see it a lot. But it changed the game. If you get on top of Spurs physically, you can dominate Spurs. And then add United's technical ability to that. And most teams are going to struggle against that. And we saw that. And it is quite rare this season that we've actually seen that despite the size of this United team. Yeah, it was it was key, I think, to, to get on top of Spurs in midfield. Because as you said, it's exactly what they like to do to other teams. But... It, it really helps us to be able to shut down Dembele and stop them being able to put, put the ball into Ericsson and Kane's feet quickly. It to, For me, Spurs going forward yesterday, it all came down to being able to nullify Ericsson because he was the one that was causing all the issues. You know, Literally 20, 30 seconds into the game, Ericsson got in behind uh, Matic and Pogba and was able to then release Kane who had a shot that went out for a corner. And throughout the entire game, it was always Ericsson that was causing the problems. He was often running in behind Ashley Young in, in the... Uh, 
our sort of left wing back channel in their right wing. Uh, and it, it was always down to the winger, one of the centre mids or the centre back to come out and then pressure the ball, which then left more space in the centre. So it was all about nullifying Ericsson. I think in the end, we got to grips with it. He still caused us a few problems. But the midfield adapted well throughout the game. I think having the three in there as opposed to the two like we normally do was a big help. And like I said, I think to be fair to Herrera, I've criticised him a lot this season, but it was probably his best performance this season. He played very, very well. There wasn't many of the stupid one-man press. He was pretty good on the ball. Obviously, managed to get us the winner, which was great. But his defensive work was very, very good. He was very disciplined. Uh, and yeah, managed to shut down Spurs' midfield very, very well. And we... We did. We kind of we exerted our kind of physical physicality on the game, and especially in the second half when we were we were very very good. It was almost a complete performance in some ways, in terms of not that we were perfect in every way, but I think every aspect of the game had had good good parts of it. Well, it was, it was a complete performance after about twenty minutes. Yeah. And Mourinho said, I mean, talking about deserving the the win, it certainly certainly did. Mourinho said after the game, if you look at sort of the sections of the game. United were dominant for more parts of the game than Spurs were. Spurs were dominant for from about five minutes onwards till about twenty minutes. United from once they got the equaliser, Eric Dyer hit the post. De Gea was getting nowhere near that because of the deflection off Smalling. But other than that, threatened very little. And and United controlled possession. And second half was was a properly controlling display against a very good Spurs side in which we kept Harry Kane and Christian Eriksen relatively quiet. Eriksen less so than Kane. You could see Marino venting at, at Pogba and Herrera on the touchline and they came out for the second half and, and it was complete. And big game performances from Pogba and Sanchez. And we got that in the second half against City, but with Sanchez it was more flashes of brilliance contributing to all three goals, but doing little between the goals. And Saturday is why they were both signed by Marino. They did it against City, did it again today and two crucial games won after going behind because of two great players. And I think a lot of the reason is because when Pop has been given that role on, on the left of midfield, he can do brilliantly. And interestingly, in January, he kind of showed that on New Year's Day against Everton and against Stoke about two weeks later. Once Alexis came in, Alexis playing on the left, Pogba playing on the left, started to get in each other's way. And I think on Saturday we saw... Alexis drifting in a bit more, Pogba playing centrally quite a lot of the time and then drifting left. And they didn't get it in each other's way. And out of each other's way, they combined brilliantly. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if this was a, a sort of tactical decision by Mourinho or if, or if it was more the players deciding it during the game. But there seemed to be a lot more fluidity in the, in the sort of attacking, attacking three and Pogba, uh, just in terms of the positions being switched up a lot more. You know, for, for the goal, for example, Pogba... Uh, Pogba picks up with the ball on the left and Alexis is on the right wing coming in at the back post. So it seemed like there was a lot more sort of interchange going on there, which I think caused Spurs' defence a lot of problems. And you're right, it did allow Pogba to have a bit more freedom because he could then sort of take charge of that inside left channel where he loves to play. And we saw that when he gets the ball in those areas, he is almost unplayable at times, some of the things he can pull off. I mean, the cross for Alexis' goal was just absolutely brilliant. Pinpoint accuracy... And that whole sort of five seconds just showed off everything that Pogba can do. There's not many players in the world that have the physical strength and ability to be able to just shrug someone like Moussa Dembele off the ball so easily and then get their head up and play such an inch-perfect cross into Alexis. You know That, in a nutshell, is, is Paul Pogba. It's why, why he's such a unique player. And I think he's shown signs of much better form in the last few weeks, mainly since the City game. Um, and this was, I think, kind of, where, where it was headed um, for a big game performance. This was, without a doubt, the best 90 minutes he's had in a big game, I think, at United. 
Um, he controlled the game very, very well. He was very good defensively, which isn't always the case. He was very disciplined. And when we did get the ball, he was always the one looking to get us on the counter-attack, especially once um, once we did go ahead. There was quite a few balls over the top into Lukaku and Rashford, which set us up on good counter-attacks. It was a, I, I love watching Paul Pogba when he plays like that. And I think what was nice on Saturday was that not only was he great on the ball, which he so often is, but defensively he seemed to be so much improved. I don't know whether that was because he had both Herrera and Matic alongside him, so maybe he had a little bit less responsibility in that role. But whatever it was, he seemed a lot more calm, a lot more uh, disciplined in defence. Well, yeah, yeah, to a point. I think for the start of the game, there was a lot of the the frustrating Paul Popper there. There were some brilliant moments, certainly in the first 20 minutes, even in that sort of shaky stage, which kind of engulfed the whole United team. But Popper was doing his classic on-off kind of thing and left Ericsson. Um, Ericsson strode past him at times and Jones and Smalling had to deal with him. But then once Mourinho sort of started screaming from the touchline, then Popper looked like the player that we know he should be in most games. And it's another example of Popper taking the taking the game by the scruff of the neck with that Alexis Sanchez equaliser, storming down on Davinson Sanchez, who is is not a small player, just completely muscling him off the ball, and then that crosses is perfection to 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 have the accuracy to float it just between two basically I think probably six foot two defenders onto little little Alexis Sanchez is is amazing and brilliant from Sanchez as well the the instinct to do that. And get it into the into the far bottom corner. Yeah, the the slow motion replay of that header was great. You can see like the body shape that he has, and he's he's almost parallel to the ground at one point. He's leaning back so much to get the header. It was a great finish, to be fair. It didn't look that great yeah. in real time, but when you see the replay, it's actually Definitely, a brilliant yeah. header. Um, but it, also, it was just a good cup game, a proper cup semi final, not a boring game, and that's that's not something you can say with United all all the time this season. Although in recent weeks, to be fair, City was a was a great game. Um, Liverpool was a good game and, and Tottenham Chelsea Palace as well it's just getting that consistency but in terms of the defence I think central defence brilliant Smalling and Jones rose to the occasion two consecutive solid games in a row they were good against Bournemouth Mourinho carried on with them but Eric Bailly not in the squad I assume because of injury can't think why he would not be otherwise but Smalling and Jones fantastic after that first initial 20 minutes where everyone was a, li- a little shaky and kept Harry Kane in- incredibly quiet yeah, Smalling and Jones are brilliant. Um, I, I like them as a partnership. I think they complement each other really well. I, especially Jones. I, th- I just think Jones calms Smalling down so much because Jones is a very kind of aggressive defender in the way that he plays. And I think it allows Smalling to be a little bit more, uh, to stay a little bit deeper and be more of the, the sweeper in that uh, in that partnership, which is great. They, they play so well together. I think you can definitely see when they have games like that why Sir Alex Ferguson and other managers, to be fair, wanted Jones and Smalling so much and why everyone thought they would be the future of you know, the English defence because when they play like that, they are brilliant defenders. I thought Jones was brilliant. I, I wish Phil Jones could just stay fit because I think genuinely think he's a brilliant defender. The way he reads the game is absolutely brilliant. I, I, it's such a shame that he's had so many injuries, but he was the... Um, I was watching it on a Canadian stream uh, and the, the commentator, I think it was Guy Mowbray actually, was uh, calling Jones a colossus <laughs> over and over. Which, may, although maybe a bit of an exaggeration, wasn't far off. He he was brilliant. Um, yeah, certainly defence was very very good, but the fullbacks maybe not quite so much. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's exactly what I was going to go on to. I'm saying central defence very good. Fullbacks, it's it's an issue that's kind of I've noticed more and more in recent weeks that I think United's weakness so often is the fullbacks. Ashley Young out of position for Spurs' goal, 
meaning Paul Popper's covering that space and uh, Popper doesn't do well enough to be fair and brilliant ball from De Vincent Sanchez but young out of position and then again Antonio Valencia not quick enough to, to keep with Deli Ali for the Spurs goal and they both offer they offer not much going forward in, in most games and it's not the only issue in an inconsistent United side but it's a big one on both wings and I think it shows both in defence and attack. They're so often defensively ill-disciplined and then so often they're, they're not an option in attack. And when they do get it, very one-dimensional. And yes, Young and Valencia have had fantastic performances at times, but it's not consistent. And I wouldn't mind seeing United following City's footsteps and, and spending 80 million on two new fullbacks. Um and as much as I would love Luke Shaw to make it at United, that doesn't mean he is going to. And if Marino isn't going to use Shaw, then I'd much rather we spent a fair amount of money getting a solid left-back and a solid right-back who can actually do their job defensively as well as adding something in attack. Because United are really, really struggling because of that, I think. I think it's a tough one because you know, Valencia and Young have been very good at times, as you said. But to be fair, I think a lot of their performances have looked maybe better than they are. Maybe more the, some of their weaknesses have been masked because we've so often had pretty terrible centre-back partnerships playing inside them. And so their weaknesses haven't been as bad as, you know, let's say mistakes by Lindelof or Smalling or whoever it might be playing in, uh, centre-back. But yeah, I think games, games like Saturday where Jones and Smalling play so well, it just highlights Valencia and Young's weaknesses. Valencia especially looked very tired on, on Saturday. You know, the one thing you can normally count on Valencia is that physically he's going to be one of the strongest, one of the quickest, one of the fittest players on the pitch. But he's just a very lethargic all game. He's very slow. Um, and then, I mean, obviously, eventually ended up going off with what looked like cramp. Uh, both of them positionally, I just think, aren't... You know, they obviously won... They've not been fullbacks their, their whole career. So you kind of expect they're going to be out of position a little bit. But I think... Well, it's, I think it's one of the first times for a while that they have really looked like ageing converted wingers. I mean, yeah. they they re- it looked like the old for not not for the whole game for about twenty for the especially the first twenty five minutes and throughout the game as well in in small periods of on and off like like we usually have with Pogba but it was Young and Valencia and they they properly looked like wingers who were who were filling in for the usual fullbacks. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like the the the, the one the one that showed it to me was um, in the second half when just before Valencia went off actually when. Um, the ball was sort of rolling out towards the touchline. Valencia just kind of ambled across and Deli Alley came over, wins the ball off him and then Valencia gives away the free kick. And, it, and you just, you know, Valencia was almost walking over to the ball and Deli Alley was sprinting over, ends up getting winning the ball back and Spurs get a free kick. And it, it was just kind of a lack of awareness, I think, that, like you said, it just comes from, from not being a, wing, uh, a fullback for their whole careers. Especially young, I think. Because Valencia is... I think Valencia, because he's been playing there longer, is better disciplined in terms of keeping yeah. his position. Young is woeful at it. And it's it's having an impact on, on Sanchez and Pogba, both of you have to track back and are kind of struck. And then once we go on the counter-attack, because Young's not there and because Sanchez and Pogba have had to go back, we're not quite as quick on the counter-attack. Or Jones has to come across and, and cover. And that leaves Smalling, who we know has, has his weaknesses, um, isolated it in the middle of defence. It's just... It, it starts a snowball effect and you know, Mourinho really needs to sort it. Yeah, he it. does. I, I think, you know, to be fair to Valencia and Young, they've, they've filled a very important role for us. You know, we've needed them in a lot of games because our other fullback options are pretty much non-existent. You know, the, the backup is Darmian, which is probably even worse. <laughs> yeah. But 
long term, it's definitely definitely not a solution, and we do need to fix it very soon because otherwise we're going to be left with pretty bad fullbacks for far too long. And you know, I said that the centre backs kind of masked a lot of the the weaknesses at fullback, but having better fullbacks would make would make the centre backs feel a little bit more secure because so often they're having to go out and cover for Valencia or Young that uh, that are out of position. So it does need to get sorted very soon. And like you said, it's not. It's not just yeah. in defence either, it's going forward too, because both of them aren't, they just, they they don't take risks at the right time, and so often we see Valencia just sort of, we do this little little trap of the ball and then come inside to whichever midfielder is available, <laughs> instead of driving down the line like he used to. I, it, it, it's very... The, the Louis van Gaal curse. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's just very static from both of them going forward. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think we definitely in the summer, it needs to be a high priority. Yeah, um, but... <laughs> I mean, going back to the fact that we are now in a cup final, I think one of the best things I saw was Marcus Rashford tweeting. Sometimes I have to pinch myself and realise I'm only still, I'm still only twenty. Third domestic final, and it's it's true. Three domestic finals in three seasons. Add to that a Europa League final, and for for a team in transition, Man United aren't bad to be honest. Um, even even against Tottenham, who have made such huge progress in the since Pochettino has come. United managed to, to beat them and actually get into a cup final, something Tottenham perennially failed to do. Um, but being in the cup final does mean you pay cup final prices, um, which I feel like I have to bring up, given we had our Old Trafford episode about prices, standing, whatever. The cup final, so the most common bracket, I think, for the semi-final was about 65 quid, which is, which is a joke anyway. And it's a 77% increase for the cup final which means it's now £115 when there's no difference in how they run the game because it's a final. And the, the the worst thing is they increase the ticket pricing because they reduce the allocations of actual fans and it means they can give free tickets to sponsors and people who... The, the football family. It's like, well, you've built a stadium where the atmosphere is not brilliant, then you charge loads and then... So the tickets are from 45 quid to 145. Add to the fact that it's a royal wedding on that day, which means hotel and ticket prices have gone up. London's even busier. And then it's just the consistency with which the FA are, are idiotic and inconsiderate of fans. It's, it's just ridiculous. But there we go. People will still pay it, obviously, and, and they'll get away with it and no one will do anything because who's going to do anything apart from the FA? Yeah, it's a, it's a joke, to be honest, mate, that ticket prices are so expensive. It's just pricing out so many people who want to go and have a good time with their mates and watch hopefully United win the FA Cup. It's it's just pandering to, to sponsors, to corporates who are just going to be handed out free tickets. Yeah, it's just, I hate I hate seeing so many people just unable to go to games. And especially especially with so many fans coming down from Manchester, you've got adding, like I said, hotel prices, train, train tickets, which are ridiculously expensive on their own as well from getting down from Manchester to London. So, it's, yeah, I wish the club would be a little bit, a little bit more clued into what the fans want, and especially for people who have been going to every game all season, you know, season ticket holders, then having to pay 115 quid for a, an FA Cup final ticket, it's ridiculous. I mean, hopefully the club, the club for the Palace Cup final, put on coaches because because of the timing of the match, there's usually not many trains that go after. So the club did free coach travel, which is actually a really good move. Hopefully they do the same again. And to be fair, the atmosphere yesterday brilliant um singing section organized by the supporters trust and um various other fan groups worked brilliantly atmosphere was far better than i've seen at wembley with united for for a long time and i mean just on that 
brilliant support, great atmosphere, noise, brilliant day out. And then you look at Spurs and Pochettino saying this doesn't make a difference. It's like, well, clubs that don't take the FA Cup seriously, what's the point? You don't get the, the chance to be in a cup final, have one of the best days out you have all year. You're, you're denying your fans of, of that opportunity to, to be at a cup final. And United have, have been disappointing in the Premier League a lot of the time, have gone out of the Champions League, but the season's still alive for us. For Tottenham, there's nothing. Yeah, exactly. And listen, I the way I, the way I look at what Spurs are doing at the moment is that is is the FA Cup you know vital to their improvement? No, but would it be a very welcome prize for them to have and just a physical sort of symbol of them making some progress? Absolutely, it would. There is never a bad thing about winning trophies. Never. And the more that you say that it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter, it does two things. One, it demotivates the players, which then just means that when they do get into big game situations, like a semi-final or a final, they're a lot less likely to go the extra mile. And two, it just makes fans wonder why the hell they're paying 50 quid or 115 quid maybe for tickets to go and see their team playing a game that the manager doesn't even really care about. It's just, I don't, I don't understand why you would play down the value of a trophy unless you're worried you were going to lose. And that... And when, when you're saying stuff like that, the, the mentality that it puts into your players is not good. And whether that, whether that is actually what you think, it's not the kind of thing you say two, three days before a semi-final uh, against, against another top six team, you know? It's just, uh, to me, it's just a crazy attitude. Exactly. And uh, Ananda Herrera comes out after and says, this is our fourth final in three seasons. Um, and United are getting used to being in finals. And that is exactly what, not all of this squad is young. It's generally fairly well balanced. You've got like Pogba at 25, Sanchez at, at 29, 30. Um, down at the other end, you've got Rashford at 20. It's, it's not a, a very young side, but the players in this are getting used to being in finals. They're not nervous for it. They know how to handle the occasion. And they, they have that winning feeling that they chase the whole time, even if it's not the Premier League or Champions League. And, well, and I think the other thing as well is that no, we're, we're a team in transition, you know, it's, it's kind of the, the popular phrase. But in the last three years, we've been in, what, four finals now, including this FA Cup? So at, at the end of the day, as bad as these last few years have been, we've still had some great moments. And that's what you remember as a fan, you know? Sure, you remember, the, you remember the bad times too when we were struggling in the league and finishing sixth. But at the end of the day, the days that you really, really remember are like the ones against Crystal Palace, are the ones in the Europa League final when you win those trophies and you have that massive celebration because that's what, as fans, we all live for. We live for those moments where you can win a trophy. Even if it is just the League Cup, it's still a big deal to be able to win a trophy and just have that feeling of your team lifting up, lifting that piece of silverware. Nothing beats it. Yeah, definitely. And it is, I mean, <laughs> for a team in transition, four, four finals in three seasons is ridiculous and is breeding that winning mentality in the side and, and something that... Mourinho is helping with and something that definitely attracts players as well even if it's and to be honest looking at United the FA Cup is the second biggest realistic target for the season obviously the main one is the Premier League the Champions League is likely unattained it's not it's not something that everyone thought was a realistic target and then you've got the FA Cup that comes after the Premier League so for United if if we do win it it's the second best thing we could do this season yeah I think just just on that, like I think just the season in general, Mourinho said after the after the game, second is success. And while I don't necessarily agree that second is success per se, I think you'd have like if you look at the season, is we've had some bad time, some bad times. 
But if you'd have offered me at the start of the season second in an FA Cup win, I probably would have taken it, to be quite honest, after finishing sixth and winning the Europa League last year. The, on- the only thing that I'm really disappointed with in our season is the Champions League. If we'd have made the quarterfinals of the Champions League and got second in the league and won the FA Cup, for me, that's a, that's a great season from where we were last year. Yeah, to go up four places in the league, win another cup or certainly reach another final, it's just that disappointment in the Champions League. And there are, there are definitely issues to be fixed, but could be a record points total for us since Fergie left. Will be the best finish since Fergie left and could be yet another trophy. Now, I told you there was big youth news. We'll start with a positive. Since we last recorded, the under-18s have been crowned champions of the under-18 Premier League North to earn them a place in the national final against Southern winners Chelsea. It's been a wonderful season for a wonderful side. Great to watch. Dogged, free-scoring, defensively resolute. It's one of the best under-18 groups for, for some years. 15 wins from 22 games. United have, United have scored at a rate of three goals per game, scored in every single league game this season up until the last one, I think. Scored four or more goals on eight occasions, scored six goals in four different games, led by 16-year-old Mason Greenwood, who's eligible for, for the under-16s, who scored 16 goals in the campaign, six assists to Nishan Burkhart's been fantastic, scored 11, assisted 10. And to be honest, the whole under-18s team has, has been fantastic, and there's not there's not really a weakness in it. In terms of a player, there's not a player you think this one can't make it. And in recent weeks, midfield partnership of, of James Garner and Dylan Levitt has developed fantastically. They've been playing together since they were nine, I think uh, James Garner's dad said. Leo Connor's been probably been my player of the season so far. Composure, vision at the back. And to be honest, it's O'Connor at the back for the under-18 shows the value of having a, a defender who can actually pass the ball and move into midfield because he's actually helped with United's goal-scoring prowess from the back. And two, for for recent announcement of a senior women's team for United, good to hear that United's under-16 women's side won their league this season, finishing above Liverpool on goal difference and also reached the semi-finals of the FA Youth Cup. But contrastingly, United's under-23s have been relegated from Division 1 of Premier League 2 after Derby County beat West Ham last Monday. United have won just four of their 21 games in Ricky Sprague's first season as manager. He originally was at United back in the 2000s and rejoined to replace Warren Joyce last season. Um, and United now joined Southampton, Brighton, Stoke, Newcastle and West Brom as Premier League clubs in Division 2 of the under-23 setup. And so as results mean little for United in terms of development. Southampton, for example, are one of the, the best producers of first-team footballers and they're in Division 2, which United will now be in. But it was an underperforming team and United have to ask serious questions about that. And the, the worst consequence is that the brilliant under-18s team who are coming through who may be national champions at the end of this season, won't be able to play against the best clubs in the country on a consistent basis. The under-23 setup's rubbish, but at the same time, playing against worse teams is certainly not going to help the development of, of the great under-18s team. Um, meanwhile, in loan news, we haven't done this often very recently, but goalkeeper Dean Henderson has been named in the PFA League One team of the season after a wonderful campaign at Shrewsbury Town. They could still be promoted. Um, he may not be a United player next season with his contract running out, but a great achievement nevertheless. And, and hopefully, if he does move on, he goes on to have success. Now, Arsenal, big game next weekend. Players playing for Arsene Wenger now, who's announced he will leave the club at the end of the season, but United should be winning their home. Arsenal will be playing full-strength team on Thursday because they've got Atletico Madrid in the Europa League. But they do have um, Aubameyang and Mkhitaryan returning to Old Trafford. Both of those can't play in the Europa League because they're ineligible. Um, so they'll definitely play against United, you would think. 
Arsenal beaten West Ham 4-1 at the weekend, but United should be confident going into this, shouldn't we? Yeah, no reason not to be on the back of some great results. Great results against big teams as well. Um, Arsenal's always a, always a little bit of a strange one. You know, we obviously had a great record against them for a while, but it's been a little bit more back and forth recently. I just really hope we can take what the kind of performance that we had in the Spurs game we can put into put into practice again against Arsenal because I definitely think they're a beatable side. Uh, I think we have the players to do it. The away game earlier in the season was obviously a great, but we didn't play that well for a lot of that game. It was sort of that was more of a smash smash and grab than anything else. So hopefully we can put in a much more solid overall performance this week, um, but still come up with the same result. I think Pogba and Sanchez again, obviously against his old his old club, tipping them two to have another big game. That would be uh, that would be brilliant if we could see Sanchez getting a few goals against his old team. Sanchez scoring would be lovely. Mkhitaryan scoring, I <laughs> for some reason seems likely to me, um, and maybe Danny Welbeck too as well <laughs> would be gutted. Well, I'm going to say it could be Welbeck as well. Well, yeah. Welbeck's actually been playing well for Arsenal in recent weeks, and he's the only Arsenal player I like seeing play well. To be fair, prediction for the game, I'm going. I mean, this is spur at the moment prediction. It could well change with, with team news in midweek, but I'm going 2-1 United. I'm going to go for a 1-1 draw. 1-1. Interesting. Not not so optimistic this time, despite despite a good result at Wembley. Yeah, I've seen I've seen United disappoint me too many times <laughs> on the back of good results before. A la West Brom like a week ago. Yeah, it's true. I'm not expecting an amazing performance, even though... I mean, it would be classic to have a good game yeah. and then not a good game. Classic from from Pogba and Sanchez as well, to be honest. Yeah, exactly. I I uh, I wouldn't be surprised at all to see us put in a pretty poor performance, to be honest. Hopefully, I'm wrong. No, though. but hopefully, uh, hopefully, a similar starting eleven. Um, but thank you as always for listening to the Manchester United Weekly Podcast. That's all we have time for on Series Three, Episode Twenty Nine. You can find more from Jack on Twitter at, at UTD Tate T A I T, and you can find more from me at at Harry Robinson sixty four, and the podcast itself at at UTD Weekly Pod. That's P O D at the end there. A cup final secured against Chelsea, who have beaten Southampton. United look set to finish second, set to have the highest points total since Alex Ferguson retired. Paul Pogba playing well, and Herrera, Alexis Sanchez playing well, even Chris Smalling and Phil Jones playing well. So a very good week for United. Brilliant weekend, and we'll be back at Wembley in May. Thank you as always for listening. Have a great week. Goodbye. Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.